0: I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chaffin. You're one of the people that I feel like who works in LA that uh, was able to pull it off. Yeah, you know, where it's yeah. like a lot of comics, you know, kind of go out there and then maybe it's the the stage time frustrates them and stuff. And you know, you're able to kind of, you know, just make it happen. Which yeah. uh, and you're one of the few people that I met in comedy that kind of already had their shit together. Yes, we're on. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, when did we start? You're so
0: funny. That's how you. we get oh, into okay. it, and then I'll say. <laughs> introduce. Wait, you're hilarious. But just when go I when I I gave yeah. you my
1: social security number just now, you guys didn't record <laughs> that, did you? No, we didn't okay. get that.
0: You're fine. We got everything. Kind of, that's why he's here. He okay. got everything. But no, you're one of those people that, that kind of like. A lot of people that I talked to that I kind of knew at an early stage, uh-huh. you know, like Mike Vecchion was just on and you know, I knew him right when he had no idea what he was doing.
1: Oh, God, so yeah. It was just he's like, so you know, funny.
0: Yeah, he's great. And it was funny because I saw his evolution in comedy mm-hmm. and watching and, in, in, you know, and to see him just kind of learn how to tell a joke and that kind of thing. Whereas you, you're more established, I think, when you kind of like came around me and I saw you and met you and stuff. I yeah. I feel like you, we, uh, we actually did a TV show together. and
1: Which uh, was it? Live at Gothic? Wait, no, it uh, was... White a... Boys in the Hood. Oh, my God! Yeah. <laughs> White Boys!
0: Showtime, White Boys oh in the Hood. Oh, my
1: God. I think you still have to pay to watch it, or they they You're sell right. them on DVDs or something. It's yeah. like, come on, just throw well, them up online. Dude, it's
0: so funny. I had a thing where it's like... like I There was some weird thing that happened. I had a manager that was like... Kind of like had a relationship with the producer, and then like something happened or, or something went wrong. So basically what they did was they... Um, They, they, okay. I was on the show. I'm the only guy in the fucking cowboy hat on the fucking show. Yeah, and they took. And if you look at the DVD. They took a guy and they took a picture of another guy, just a random model guy in a cowboy hat with a beard and sunglasses, (laughs) and he kind of looks like me. And
1: he's on the DVD. So people are like, "Is John Wayne on this doing stand-up?" Yeah, is this Chris Stapleton? And he's
0: he's on the back, and he he looks like me, but it's not. And he's not a comic. It's not like it's you know some random.
1: I like how your reference is fifty years more current than mine. I'm like, oh yeah, I should have done Chris Stapleton.
0: Yeah, well, I would hope I'm a little more of a Chris Stapleton guy than uh, <laughs> John Wayne. But uh, so it was the craziest thing. And I, I remember just looking at it, like they just made a guy look like dressed like me, too. Like, leather oh, my jacket God. had yeah, the kind of rock and roll thing. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Wow. Because I, like, I think she pissed him off and they didn't want to give me any like pay me or anything wow. using my image on the thing. So. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it was just, you know, that's comedy, though. They don't you know, that's why it's like you always have to be careful who you who represents you sometimes because yeah. i feel like i don't think a lot of people think about that whereas like they make decisions for us sometimes that we may not want them i, to I make know
1: all the time. or they're like they're like you bring them an opportunity and they're like this would be actually better for a different client and oh, it's like these people me ask insane. me i forward the email to you yeah
0: that drives me insane
1: yeah
0: um let me uh bring in our guest here uh let's see Known you a long time. You have two books out. We Mm -hmm. have, uh, which is awesome. Most people don't have a book out. You have um, uh, Shitty Mom. Mm -hmm. That's your first. The second book, right?
1: First book. Oh, that's Uh, the first book. Yeah. And
0: then Dead People Sucks the second book.
1: Right. Right. Oh,
0: very cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jimmy Come Alive, Writer on Conan, Showtime White Boys.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, let's lead with Showtime.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Lori Co Martin, everybody in the building. Yay! So great to have you. Um, But. Yeah, I think it's, you know, that's part of this thing is finessing kind of, you know, representation and stuff. And, like, that drives me insane, too, where I I remember I started working with this guy, and I was his first client.
1: So he's a manager? Kind of. Okay,
0: and, he uh, wanted.
1: He aspired to be a manager. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of those. Right. I feel like they should have to take like a test or something.
1: You, you know? should have to be certified by the state that <laughs> right? you're able to take a phone call and yeah. make a phone call without ruining <laughs> yeah. someone's career. Yeah.
0: They should. There yes. should have some process where yeah. you got like test We have to try to figure out how to do that. Right. I agree. It's horrible. And and so I was his first client, and then he started getting, and then so some people started like, oh, we sounds cool, so we'll we'll join too, and then it's like then he, a bunch of people, and then. Kind of, you know, start working with him, and then now I feel like he works them more than he works me in certain angles and things. I feel like I'm good for he gets and so it's like the weirdest thing. And uh, the one TV thing that he actually got me to audition for was, uh, he calls me up, he says, "Hey, uh, Kevin Hart's got a new show," and I'm like, "Oh, this is awesome! I know I love where this is going." And he's like, uh, "Here's the deal: it's dodgeball meets American Ninja." And so basically okay. you're going to be a you're going to be a contestant and you're going to run contestant, you're going right? to run yeah you're going to run what? this obstacle course and comics are going to heckle you while you're trying to like climb a thing no. and and oh they're my also going to hit you in the head with like dodgeballs and stuff and I have like a frozen shoulder and stuff I go I go I'm in my 40s and I got a fucked up shoulder and like this is what you're getting me this is the one TV audition this year that uh, I've ever gotten from you and it was just like I had to, you know, basically. Well, just...
1: And what are they doing to stand up comedy? That's not what stand up is. That's not what comedy is. Stop putting oh, obstacle courses in the middle of it. Like there's enough of one. It's called yeah. the audience yeah. and the wait staff. <laughs> They're the obstacle. You have yeah. to climb over and hurdle over hilarious. check drops and drink orders and stuff. Like, yeah. You don't absolutely. need to work and any like harder. Sensitivity
0: and people yes. getting crazy political views. Yeah, absolutely. That's hilarious. But exactly. And. uh so, yes. Yeah. But I did say, hey, I'll write for it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Yeah, that is a guilt credit.
0: I was like, yeah, I'll write for anything. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, you know, I don't know. I think it's just part of this, this thing where it's just like, you know, everybody says it's all about getting funny, but it's also about – you know, just making good choices with the people in your in your circle,
1: well, like even look at Amy Schumer, she hated her manager like she kept she kept go- like she had a manager that got her and worked with her to get her the comedy Central show, yeah, and then she's like, no, she went and got <laughs> Madonna's manager yes. like no one is satisfied with their manager
0: that's amazing, you know,
1: and who knows yeah. how long that will last I mean, yeah. maybe Madonna's going to fire that guy, but yeah. everyone is frustrated with their manager, and everyone yeah. feels like there's a better manager out there that can do bigger things.
0: Amy's, Amy's amazing. Just how she plays, I call it like, a, it's almost like a chess player. Mm-hmm. How she just puts the pieces and like just figures out how to get the right people in her projects and stuff. And yeah. How she just like worked the angle. Because I think the one manager was friendly with, or worked with uh, Apatow, and then she was able to kind of meet him through that manager or something. I, it's just this whole, it's it's amazing. I think, you know.
1: well, I think after the first season, you know, she could have met with anyone. Though. Sure. You know, once it's yeah, on the air popular. and it's like, it's so good. It's like, of course she'll, yeah. But um. But yeah, I mean, the, I guess the, the point I was making is like, you're always frustrated with who you have, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just still amazed with her. You know, mm-hmm. I just still think it's like a lot of people shit on her. And I actually like how she doesn't take the shit from people and she just like, I create your own she path. Just, she doesn't give a shit. She
1: just go. Yeah, she boss. just keeps moving. She's a I, boss. Yeah, it's, you, can, it's you awesome. can trash
0: her all you want, and she might have a special that maybe what isn't good as is this or that. Away. She doesn't care. She just keeps moving. You know, she just keeps making content and keeps doing shit. Yeah. Now, she, now she's got a podcast going to blow everybody away, and it's just like oh, right. She doesn't right. care. She just. Keeps but I, I also doing think
1: it. you know, um, I think she probably does care if people review you know about reviews in a way artistically. You always she care, can't. but I, but I also think you know. If you're a comic and all the stuff is happening to you, right? You make a movie, do you know, whatever. Have a TV show. You're not going to say no to anything because yeah. as a comic, you always feel like it could go away. And maybe she, sure. you know she's vulnerable to those same fears, although probably not anymore. But I mean, so you say yes, 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 and then you know you you're like, okay, your hours do, and it's like, yeah. well, I just made a movie. I haven't had as much time to write and, you know, work shit out and, but you still, you know, you're not going to say no to it. I, I think, I think maybe the next step is, you know, learning how to manage, you know, when you say yes to things, I think once you realize, and you, there's so much, few comics that are on this plane where like, Oh, I can say no to things and the the bottom's not going to drop and I'm still going to have, be able to pay my bills and stuff like that. Yes. Then you, then you can start, you know, being, Really, really being in charge of your career, I think, in a way. I mean, I I think, you know, it's it's just hard to say no to stuff ever until you really are, you know, you almost need a financial planner to go, hey, (laughs) you're good. (laughs) You just paid cash for an apartment building. You're fine.
0: Life is okay." Yeah. I, I remember somebody was telling me something about they were talking about Bill Hicks or something. So yeah, he didn't really make it, and I was like, I bet he had a boat. You know?
1: <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't
0: think Calm he had down, a boat. Guys. I don't think don't he think had so? a boat. Well, he had no. a nice house. I think he had a decent house.
1: Maybe he had a decent house. I think. I, when I say sure that,
0: a, I mean, yeah. he he was doing okay. Right. He was about to be groomed for the uh, you know the Bill Maher thing is what I'd read. Like, basically, Politically Incorrect was kind of, they were forming something like that for him. And he was going to be kind of that guy that was doing a panel-type show that nobody else was doing. I think he was doing okay. What I'm saying is, like, sometimes in comedy, it's like, unless you're some Chris Rock level, people think that you're not doing well at all. And there's plenty of people that— Oh, there's a ton
1: of middle-class comics that you haven't heard of that make enough to, you know, have a place, have a home. Yeah.
0: Still don't have to, you know, work in corporate America and just hate their lives and— staring at a kitten calendar all day hoping <laughs> for a sick day you know what I mean right so but yeah I think we complain too much sometimes it was funny I was we we're talking to Becky Owen and it was like you know he was just saying that he's trying to piece it together and trying to figure out you know how to uh, gig to gig and I was just like you're so fucking funny like I go and that's the thing where I feel like I go. You don't have the right people with you because I think you. If anybody knows anything about this business, they should be working on team. Becchio, yes. for sure. Yeah, sure. I think he's so funny. Nobody yeah. writes a joke that tight. Like yeah. I think he's so yep. great. His rhythm and he's such a sweet guy. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, it was just one of those things. Where, but you know, and, but, but meanwhile, he's like, I just got back from China. I'm headlining this. I was like, shut up, dude. That's a good life. <laughs> <laughs> I just got back from Jersey doing a soul Joel gig. Like, I, think I think you're doing okay.
1: Everyone's <laughs> doing a little. There's always someone doing better than you. And Comedy. Yes, always In everything. it everything. it hurts, yeah and <laughs> hurt. never stops hurting either. You yeah. never get to a place where you're like, "Hey, I'm really happy." I mean, you could be fifty percent happy. The percentage yeah. of happiness for somebody you could yeah. be ninety percent happy for them and ten percent <laughs> bitter or ten percent happy and ninety percent bitter i think I think the percentages vary depending on where you are spiritually, but you can't yeah. get away from envy. And wishing that you had someone else's career. I mean, if you yeah. accept that about yourself, maybe you'll feel less guilty for, you know, uh, all these mixed feelings you have when your friends get stuff, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that's where it comes in, like, you know, self-help and, like, you know, therapy's mm-hmm. changed my whole outlook yeah. and everything. And not right. drinking and certain things that it changed about my life, you know, made, like you said, centered and, you know, balanced. It's yeah. Like if, you, if you don't do work on yourself – yeah, you will fall down a pit of jealousy that will just ruin
1: you. I know. You, you know? have to work really hard to, to not fall into <laughs> oh, that place it's because it's, they're, they're like little, they're, they're little holes all over the earth when you're a comic. <laughs> <laughs> and you could fall – you could so easily slip into them. They're oh, all yes. over the place. All over. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a lot of work as well.
0: Well, it's funny because I've worked with, you know, I work with a lot of young guys and kind of brought up a lot of guys. And then it's like, you know, to see, to see like a, like Pete Holmes was my barker and like, no, to, seriously? And to, and to see a guy like that is oh just my like, God. Is just so good. and then it's just like, I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to, you know, I can figure this out. Nate Borgazzi was a barker and you know, all these guys. Wow. And it's like, you know, I've had to deal with their success and sure. be oh, sure, sure, sure. and then, you know, Pete put me on the show, so that was fun and, you know, felt yeah. like that was his way of giving back and. You know, so people. Nate's been good to me as well, but yeah, but it takes a second. You know, when you've like this position changes because you're used to being like, okay, you know, I got yeah, you, I got you, little kid. You know, yeah, let me let me show you the way, and then they just blow up, and you're just like, hey, can I get something from you now? You
1: no, know, <laughs> so I mean, weird. Jackie and I talk. Jackie Case and I have a podcast, and we talk about this a lot. Of of you know, we feel like we were skipped, and comedy went from you know they took from our generation like Kathleen Madigan you know, and maybe Margaret Cho and and then they were like, all right, who's now we need some 30 year olds. And it's like, wait, there's a whole bunch of us that are (laughs) actually really good. And you just went over us, you know, and so we, you know, we still (laughs) we still grapple with that, you know, anger. I do especially that like, hey, what about me? You know, like just because I didn't get picked when I was 25 doesn't mean I shouldn't be picked now. I mean, I'm sure pretty good.
0: Yeah, you know, and there's
1: a, you know, the, I guess the cool thing you can, you know, that at least I try to think of is there's these little niche audiences for everybody, sure, and you can make a living having a niche audience, and you could even argue that Marin Maron might be the, the, the example of the biggest niche audience, but it's still very, you know, it's still, still very y his audience, oh, but yeah. he makes a really good living. Sure. Now.
0: Yeah, he you know? was. I loved him, and I always loved him, and I always felt like, you know, when when you know when you're like, I like that band before everybody else. Like, right. I was I was like that guy with Marin. I felt yeah. like I always saw how brilliant he was, mm-hmm. even when he was just you know hating himself and not you know really just being. I mean, club like comic. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hating himself with way less money.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: way less nominations.
1: Right. 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 <laughs> so yeah. It
0: was just like that was a whole different Marin. Yeah. You know, it says and. Uh, but yeah, I remember he, he was kind of a mentor to me a little bit, and but we partied together, and we had a weird relationship, but it was like... But, yeah, I always felt like he was like the Bill Hicks that I, that, you know, that I met in New York. That you could see Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Like he was mm-hmm. a guy doing stuff, taking risks, pissing off audiences. Right. You know, where it was just like rock and roll, you know. It was like so cool to see him early on when he was just a club comic. Like it was great. And it's great. so
1: weird because he wasn't – he had been on Conan, I think, over 40 times yeah. and he was not a household name. Oh, that's astonishing to, to me. 40,
0: 40, 40 times.
1: different five-minute sets. That's like
0: a Rickles Tonight Show thing. Like, that's yes. That's
1: crazy. Yeah.
0: It's like, yeah, but he's,
1: but he was a little much,
0: I think, and a lot of stuff was, you know, it's like kind of highbrow and weird and, you know, mm-hmm. out there and kind of like his feelings, and people weren't ready for that yet.
1: <laughs> male he, feelings. Yeah, they male really weren't.
0: He was. He was one of the first guys to do it. <laughs> he was. Like, him and like uh, Richard Lewis, like first And Louis,
1: guys. too. I mean, Louis, you know.
0: sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, Louis. Well, Louis was like one of the first people that, you know, I saw, um, you know, feelings about, you know, not being, you can relate to this, you know, not being sure how you feel about being a parent
1: right right you know, right
0: like those feelings he was one of the you know i got to see that and that's what I, you know, it was fun watching you the other night do stand up because it's like you have this thing that i try to tell people to do all the time where it's like you have kind of a dark light combination and i feel like to, oh interesting it's like i feel like and it has a lot to do with with your delivery where mm-hmm. it's like you say the darkest things but you got this like <laughs> this bright eyed smile and like, <laughs> this silliness to you, but you say the darkest things and then it's like a beautiful thing to watch. And we were talking about Dave Attell and stuff, and he has that through not necessarily his face, but it's more of like noises and stuff. He's right, like, right. And, like, oh, that's and then he'll do something and then it's like, yeah, you know, right. He'll make some weird noise or He does it.
1: not have a sparkle face. <laughs> no, that's true. He have a nice sparkle face.
0: And also, what I like about you is like, I could see, like, because I have this too, where it's like I see confusing people. I could see where, like, maybe the right could say, "Oh, she's one of us," and then you start talking like, "Whoa!" And it's just like that's what I feel happens.
1: (laughs) There's this room, uh, Hermosa Beach Comedy Club, Uh and I and it's in uh, it's in L. A. But it's it's it touches uh, uh, Orange County. It gets Uh some Orange County people in there, and I do feel like when I walk out on stage, a lot of Orange County's like, "Ah, one of us." (laughs) A second wife with a job as a realtor. And then they get, they get angry. They're like, wait a minute. No, you're not one of us. Oh, yeah. It, 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 that takes some yeah. – shockingly takes extra massaging when, oh, I, yeah. when the audience looks exactly like me you know
0: yeah absolutely well I was in I was in San Antonio and it's just like you know I got the cowboy hat and they're like real cowboys I'm mm-hmm. like a hot topic cowboy <laughs> 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 it's, like, it's like I'm on a Pantera shirt and a cowboy hat sure and a, a dick candle but it's like <laughs> and so yeah so and they, you know, and I start doing anti-Trump stuff and whatever, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, what's <laughs> happening right now?" They're like, "You can't wear a cowboy hat and talk like that." So it's like, it is, you know, it is funny how we could just can, you know, just not be what they see. Yeah, and I think to me that's always interesting. You
1: Were know? you at LOL or LOL Comedy? It's San Antonio. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, the it's the Improv now, but the one at the mall.
1: Oh, the mall. Yeah. So that's an Improv now. I haven't yeah. been there since it was the original there that old. The original club, which I think is oh, yeah. called... Oh, yeah. LOL. Yeah. Yeah. They have an LOL. Well, LOL is like that. There's a. Each... Oh, I the, didn't know the, that. The
0: club has two. The oh. I think they bought into the improv name. Okay. And, but then they have an LOL that's in San Antonio. So the
1: one across from the movie theater is yeah. an improv? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, that was
0: a running joke, too, where it's yeah. just like, I'm a, I had to compete with Black Panther. You know, <laughs> would see my <laughs> shitty comedy. People who couldn't get into Black King Panther are <laughs> angry and came to see your show. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> that's great.
0: Yeah, um, but I, you know, I just, I, I don't know, I just, got, but I love, I love that actually, uh, confusing people, you know, with comedy, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like, and far as, I want to go back to the dark light thing, I felt Kinnison kind of had that too, because he had this like ridiculous laugh that seemed out of place with him, but then at the same time he's screaming, doing you know, all this crazy, you know, edgy material, mm-hmm. but I felt like he was able to kind of, you know, like as much as you wanted to hate him or whatever for some of the stuff he's doing, it's like when he would laugh, it would like I don't know, kind of break the ice a little. With the yeah, eggs.
1: he he. Um, I think his. I mean, the screaming was so over the top that it kind of that was his way of ex- exaggerating everything. Yeah. You know, to let you know it's a joke. Yeah. yeah in yeah, a way, yeah. you know. Well, I think- whether people liked it or not. I mean, the people that liked it loved it. Yeah. You know, I I feel like I didn't. I didn't like him when he was alive. Okay. Um, and then the older I've gotten, and the more I've, I've actually felt the need to go. Oh, oh, oh! I'm like, I get it. Like, I'm not the things he was mad at. I'm not. I'm just like, dude, you're lucky anyone's having sex with you. So for you to be angry at women is shocking to me. Like, you should be praising them for because you're disgusting looking. But I understand that. That rage, yeah. you know, but I feel like mine's more appropriate to how I look. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know.
0: Did you ever see him at all in L.A.
1: and stuff? Any no, kind of... I did. I think I saw him um, at the at Tommy T's in Concord, California. OK. Um, uh, in fact, I know I did. Um, but again, like I, I, I wasn't like, oh, my God, he changed my world. I was like, ugh. You know, I wasn't a fan. At the time,
0: I um, I he's kind of I don't know, he was he was kind of everything to me when I first kind of discovered comedy, yeah, because I felt like um, because he came in through and he basically came in like the back door of like heavy metal and stuff, like it was the weirdest thing. It wasn't like when you thought of like discovering a comedian, you didn't, you know, it's like I discovered him almost through. Music, and, oh wow, like, rock and roll, and like he was, he was a part of that whole thing, yeah. Motley Crue and all that stuff. So it was like, if you were listening to Motley Crue or whatever, it was like he was a part of that, yeah. And the, he was in a video, he had his you know, oh yeah, the big right. video and and you know, the song, you know, all that stuff. But I feel like, I don't know, there was just something like I normally wouldn't probably even care about stand up comedy if there wasn't yeah. a guy that didn't come off rock and roll like it was like that's what drew me in was just like that's interesting he's like heavy metal and so that's what made me go to him to hear what he had to say
1: see for me like when i when i see somebody like that when i was young i was like oh i want to be the anti-him i you know i know there's one you know people in the audience and women just going and i i wanted to uh be a voice that wasn't his at all (laughs)
0: I was yeah, inspired no. in a
1: different – like I was, I was always inspired by female comics I didn't think were funny because I was just competitive. Like, oh, I can beat that. I can beat her. <laughs> yeah. And also male comics I thought were, sh- were shitty and sexist. And I was like, oh, well, I would like to go up after you and provide a comedic rebuttal to everything you just screamed oh, or whatever. you're a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nobody wants that
1: (laughs) no i feel that's what my act is
0: it's great i I feel like
1: it's a rebuttal against everything sexist and everything forcing women to be in this cage of happy mothers and all that stuff Yeah. yeah
0: i yeah i just think that like i don't know it's it's um it's weird it's like i feel like you know the stage is kind of one of these places like like, take Eddie Murphy it's like Mm -hmm. I mean if you were like if you dissect Delirious or something I mean oh my god the things he was saying right right you know this like homosexuality stuff he was saying up top
1: up top yeah yeah (laughs) I'm opening with (laughs) stuff that will get me banned in 20 years yeah Yeah. Joe
0: Mattarise had a good joke about it it was just like he was saying you know F word and all the stuff and it's just like you know you couldn't say any of that you know now Yeah, and it's like but people still revere him as this you know kind of great comedic person you know comedic actor and comic or whatever yeah but, uh, but I also feel like when you're on stage like somebody like Lampanelli like her early stuff where I feel like somebody like that her whole act was kind of like hey we're just playing around
1: Right, right, right. You
0: know, her, her whole act was like, yeah, I'm going to make fun of black guys and I'm going to make fun of this guy and gay people and whatever. But it's still it's because I, I love you and I'm playing with you, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like it, she was able to kind of pull that Rickles style off. The
1: audience was participating in yeah, this whole thing. they were Right, it. right, right. You know. Uh, yeah. So as opposed to other like I feel like, all right, I'm going to trick these people into laughing at jokes <laughs> they don't agree with. Like she wasn't like that. She was like, you guys know yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. Yeah. But I, I also think like, you know, I, I don't. If an audience is laughing at something, then the comedian is doing their job. Whether I agree with the joke or. But I do love to, you know, I I like the idea of being able to follow, you know, like a sexist dumbass and just go, hey, guess what? I just flipped. I just got them to laugh at my shit too. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I I, I think the audience just. You know, there are some people that go because they want to hear a certain kind of comedy. And there's other people who are like, I I don't care. Just give me anything. I just want to laugh. So I'll laugh at a bunch of jokes that are one way and then the next comic is going to get me the other way. And sometimes I think we comics – don't realize the audience just – they'll laugh at anybody who's good at yeah. what they ju- at what they do. Oh, absolutely. And you can be a, a good comedian and tell jokes that maybe aren't that clever, sure. you know, but you could still figure out a way to get laughs from them. Oh, whether you're, you know,
0: physical or act-outs yeah, yeah, yeah. or all that stuff. So you must really hate it when you follow somebody that's broad-minded and like
1: <laughs> – Hate it. Hate <laughs> it. Boring. <laughs>
0: to, not offensive to any race or gender. <laughs> Loves women, <laughs> treats them with respect. No, I don't but. mind following.
1: My favorite is I don't care if like somebody's blue. I just yeah. I'm like, please be a good joke writer, you know. And that I don't mind if you say any word in front of me, but it, please be a good joke writer.
0: I I agree, and I'm I'm always amazed with you know, and sometimes and you know it's it could be cultural and not to be like that at all about certain people, but it's like. You know, like there were some young comics I saw the other day using the word bitch, and I was like, "You don't, you know, I we it, it worked in '92. It changed <laughs> so quickly, too. It, it, but it doesn't work anymore.
1: It really, it doesn't. It's, you're not
0: yeah. even if you're like you feel like you come from a place where that is acceptable it's it's not it's not working the yet.
1: audience is changing really
0: quickly yeah. and I'll say crazy things but yeah. but there are words that I know I'm there's no way I'm going to yeah, say yeah
1: and you got to go am I uh, if I have a really good joke here but I use the word bitch in it am I unnecessarily going to you know kick off kick 15% of the audience off this joke cuz they're immediately going to go oh yeah. you know like you, it's it's you're trying to pick words that are going to get as many people as possible to laugh at a joke and so Absolutely. you know if you if you are kind of being lazy or you're stuck to an old habit i mean I I said things on stage ten years ago I wouldn't say now you know yeah. I mean it's it, a sensory, a comedy is reflective of current sensibilities that's why a lot of it doesn't work ten years later sure. and a lot of even Lenny Bruce you can you can look at him and respect him for his time but you have to do all this work to put him in context <laughs> yeah. you know it's like, and
0: really people it, cared about the Catholic Church that much
1: you know? yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> like just don't go to church. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, so you know and um, so I mean, and people like Brian Regan, because they don't attach themselves to what's going on politically they their comedy lasts forever, you know, yeah, I mean that's another yeah. you know, Jim Gaffigan's the same way, most yeah. of the most of his stuff is is not reactive to current, but you know he, he, and so when people are kind of using i guess like current um lexic- was it lexicon or lexicon yeah yeah yeah. that you know it's it works because people are talking that way but in five years that joke's going to feel like five years old it's it's tricky to kind of figure out how to how to speak sometimes in a way that that's going to be that's going to work today and maybe work in 10 years you ideally your your stuff would be timeless a lot of it you know
0: yeah it's funny um with Vecchion we were talking about you know he's such a prolific writer and i was like jealous of him and i was just like you know i feel like you know, I was t- telling him, I said, my problem is it's like I have a hard time getting rid of something that, that still crushes. Yeah. And so if I have like a yeah. child, it's like,
1: yeah. I know. Even when <laughs> yeah. you're sick of it and you're rolling your eyes when you're doing it, you're like, it just oh, murders
0: man. after your new chunk that just got a little bit of laughter.
1: Right. <laughs> you're just like, it's my life every night, man.
0: And you throw that joke in there, like, oh.
1: And then you get that new chunk to work, and then you're like, oh. Then it becomes old. As yes. soon as it's done, yes. you are yes. it's old. Yes. You just want to get it either on an album or on TV and then sure. get it out of your life. It's weird.
0: No, it is. This whole thing that we do is weird. You yeah. Know? Just to, like, continually, like, stay, like, interested in it and keep it – enthusi- I t- talk to you on comics, I go, the number one thing is um, is enthusiasm. Like, if you you have to continually be enthusiastic about this or – or don't do it because you'll drive yourself crazy. You will get miserable. You will, you know, you won't enjoy any of this if you're not completely excited to try a new joke out, excited to, mm-hmm. you know, try to pass a club or excited to form a TV set or something. But yeah. you always have to continually. And even though, you know, Becky was kind of not excited about his life, we laughed about it because it was just like, but, you know, you should be. I was yeah. like, you just did a foul. And it's like, shut up, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you have to be enthusiastic about everything, you know, and I think new jokes are definitely something that, like, you know, as comics, it's like we always feel like that helps us get out of the comedy bed and go to work.
1: But you know? and also, you don't know where your jokes come from, right? So yeah. every time you write a new joke and it works and you're like, I still got it. And then days go by and yeah. nothing new is coming to you. And what you do have is shitty and you're like, I've lost it. You know, because we, yeah. I think we all know comics that have lost their touch, you know, for oh, various reasons, most of them that they're not writing. You know, and so they get and they or they, you know, they're having a certain amount of success and they've just decided to tour with that hour for the rest of their lives. You know, it doesn't happen as much now because people get their hour on TV and then they have to turn it over. But like when I started, there were these headliners that. They wrote like Denny Denny Johnston, did you ever hear of that guy? No. Perfect example he he wrote forty five minutes his like his first two years of comedy, and then he never changed it ever again mm. and because there wasn't that much t v he was allowed to just tour and tour and tour with that same. but I mean it you that's know a it, lot it, of
0: guys that's more yeah, I it mean, got
1: dated immediately it's yeah, that's and still
0: what's out there on the road yes,
1: you know? there's a lot of that that's true, yeah. so uh, I forgot where I was going with this, but uh
0: well, sometimes it's like you know. I mean it doesn't always come to us, you know, and I feel like and it's also, you know, sometimes audiences, you know, they just they just want a guy that has a tight act and a lot of the road rooms uh-huh. want a guy that crushes. They don't want a bunch of New Yorkers coming in and trying some new stuff. You know, a lot of times it's but that's, like
1: that's reasonable. Yeah. I yeah. mean I I feel an obligation to when I'm in a road room to crush. And yeah, uh I'll try to put some new stuff in there. Sure. But I, I don't you know, these people you know, they paid a lot for that – for you know, wherever they live, that's a lot. They had to get yeah. a sitter. I, I do feel more of an obligation than somebody who gets a you know wanders into a bar show in L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or sure. whatever, um, just to see comedy. You know,
0: hey, have you been doing like straight Trump jokes at all? I,
1: I don't do any Trump jokes. Oh, really? Okay. Spiritist. Yeah, not on stage. Mostly, I'm I'm on Twitter and stuff <laughs> like
0: that. But <laughs> yeah, you're fr- lighting it up on Twitter. But I
1: think you could, <laughs> you know, I do think it's it's really. Um, uh, I don't know. My I have different goals on stage. My goals on stage are to talk about my life. Now you can pretty much figure out that I would be a progressive by the things that are important to me. You know, I have a son, and I'm a single mother, and my son is Hispanic. I mean, you can you yeah. can put it all together and go, all right, this this is probably the way she votes. But um, I, I think if you you know if, if you're if you're prepared to divide the crowd, you know, especially like I'm going to Indiana this weekend. Mm. Even though it's, like, a liberal city, it's Indiana, you know? Um, Yeah. I I, I wouldn't necessarily just go into some Trump bashing. um, uh, But I I do jokes that are about issues that, you know, kind of let you know where I am.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's it's funny. I was in Indiana at Mm -hmm. uh, Crackers, and uh, I – I did divide the crowd with a, you know, I would just basically I was like tap dancing for about, you know, 35 minutes. And then I started to go into my Trump stuff. Right. And my Trump stuff is kind of just it's basically about, you know, my parents and how, you know, that relationship. And I tried to make it about that where it's just like where I'm, I'm right. liberal and they think like this and I'm trying to, like, you know, figure it out and this whole thing. But they don't, you know, the people that are just, you know total Trump people This I don't know why they're comedy clubs because they just seem to have no way of making fun of themselves
1: Right, and right. that's my
0: angle too where I was like look man and I'll even preface it and be like you guys gotta learn to make fun of yourself a little bit like we've been making fun of presidents since the beginning of time you know it's like Ronald Reagan was also, had Alzheimer's with jelly beans and like Billy Carter had the big teeth in the peanut farm like that's just what you do Yeah, and God knows you made fun of Obama, so so, yeah, yeah, like it's just, and so that's what is weird. I feel like I I I spent a a minute of time trying to kind of like lube them up to kind of accept jokes about their decision,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The same was like, okay, it's a disclaimer. It's like, okay, this is this what we do at a comedy club. You laugh and lose yourself, yeah, and, and don't get. But I've had some bad experiences with it, and like I did a fire hall. And it was just like, and I opened with some Trumps. I was like, I mean, I had to dig myself out. For firefighters? Like, yeah.
1: Oh, it was yeah. Like, it was
0: just like, and I got cocky because I was crushing with it in the city. And then I was just like, Oh, oh yeah, this. You get all like, your yeah, city chunk, here we You go. got
1: to drop. Here we go. As <laughs> soon as you get on a bridge to go to a gig, you got to drop about 20 minutes of material.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I was all cocky. And it's just like, but that's the thing, too, is just like, you know, just you go from like, you know, that type of crowd to something that's a little more mainstream. Right. And you have to like constantly change that.
1: I don't know. I don't, I feel, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have that experience on stage. And, yeah. but I also feel like I'm a woman and I'm talking. And still right now, that annoys a lot of Republicans. So I, I feel like the fact that I'm, I'm, you know I know that there's Republican men in my audience and they, they wouldn't vote for Hillary because she's a bitch or whatever sure, sure. and it's like guess what I, a female just made you laugh for 45 minutes to an hour <laughs> so fuck you I won <laughs> yeah. you know and I, and I think that's important I, I think you know I, I, I hate it when clubs that go well we work female comics but it, they only MC them so you're always showing women at their female comics in their weakest form as MCs when they're just starting and you're not bringing in headliners yeah. to crush and, and cause thunder you know and so your audiences get used to women being like the apprentice comics and men being like the big guys you know
0: yeah absolutely um I uh what was what was like your first credit like your first TV thing
1: Um, My first credit was I opened for Maria, um, Midnight at the Oasis. You know that song? Midnight at the Oasis. Midnight at the Oasis. I forget her last name. (laughs) But I opened for her, Dustin, and I can't believe you didn't mention it. (laughs) I put that in the bio. I she was a, she was a Bay Area based singer. So <laughs> okay. it, that meant a big deal in San Francisco where yeah. I was from. <laughs> at least I thought it did. <laughs> and then my first TV credit was Comedy on the Road with this guy named John Byner. And what he would do yes. is basically do an yes. evening at the improv show, but he'd sure. do it in a different city. And, um, uh, like uh, so many of my friends were were like assigned to Los Angeles, and we're like, oh, so what? And uh, I got to go to Honolulu. I Ooh, did the Honolulu that's one. That's fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was yeah. really fun.
0: Well, he was great. He had that great show, Bizarre. I think it was on I didn't Showtime. watch it, but he was on yeah. yeah, it was a big deal. We like we first got the cables, like boobs and comedy. It was everything. <laughs> every, every nine really? year old's wet dream. It was great. Uh-huh. <laughs> Funny, but yeah, but he was, yeah, I remember him being kind of a big deal around yeah. us. See, that Super Dave was on there. Oh, like, that was where cool. Super Dave came from, was like the bizarre yeah. show. Oh,
1: right on. But
0: uh, yeah, I that's that's, that's great. I feel, like, uh, I feel like a lot of that was dwindling out when I first started. Like, yeah. I feel like um, Caroline's, evening Caroline's, at the improv. and the improv, Evening at the Improv were kind of on their way out. Right, right. When I first started. And so I feel like it was just, uh, you know, you had to kind of. Letterman was always the dream, and then it was just like, um, I guess Live at Gotham kind of came up in the clutch, and like yeah. places, things like that, They yeah. started being shows. And then it's almost just like, I don't I don't know, sometimes those shows, it's like, you do get good people. Right. But I feel the best one was um, uh, Rodney Dangerfield's right. Young Comedian Special, yeah. I feel like, because it was a limited amount of comics. Yeah, and it had his yeah. stamp
1: of approval, it yeah, felt like, yeah. it was yeah. different. It was, you
0: know, and I'm sure it was great. It was good that you got that. But... Oh, I
1: didn't get that. Oh. I didn't get Ronnie Oh, not Ronnie Oh, oh, I mean Comedy the, on the uh, Road. Comedy yeah. on the Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's, I don't know. I just think, you know, a lot of times it's like you get too much out there with comedy. Yeah. Like, I think Axe is just basically like, okay, we're putting on, uh, you know, the, the owner's cousin and the busboy. Like, <laughs> you're just running out of comics. You know, I feel yeah. like they got to a point where it was just like, you know they really just couldn't book any more comedians
1: but now you can't <laughs> run out of comics <laughs> it's there's so can. many there's a core a good i don't core know of comics. in the in There's so many good comics there, Dustin. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see – I go to these little shows in L.A. and there's people I've never fucking heard of. And they have funny jokes and they're professional. And I don't know where they came out of, what city they came out of, and they moved to Los Angeles. But there's people – like T.J. Miller said that Comedy Central – is raising has raised like a generation of super comics cuz okay. they got to they learn how to re- write jokes by watching everyone's half hours mm-hmm. and they they lear- they learned lessons by watching that we had to learn by doing and it took us five to ten years that's yeah. what i feel like I, I i you know you look at like john Mullaney. yeah that's a guy he i don't know how he got a voice so quickly yeah. but he he has he has a voice that it takes right everybody else 10 to 15 years to get and he had it at year one and he was a good writer and had a good state he just like started on third base Creatively, you yeah. know, which is, I don't know how that happens. I don't know if that's made in a I've lab somehow. That. Yeah.
0: Or I mean, P. Davidson had that. Like, there's Chappelle, guys, Chappelle you know. Chappelle definitely had it. I mean, it's. 15, it's, he had it, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just. Well, that's
0: one something about. you
1: can you can't even aspire to that because that's you you start where you start and if like for me yeah. I could barely look people in the eye so it took me yeah. a long time to be able to do that and yeah. and so I I started from way far I started way before first base like I was in <laughs> I was outside the uh, stadium yeah. <laughs> and, you know
0: yeah do you still get like a sense of stage fright we were talking about that earlier or do you kind no of, you know? I I
1: now I I guess because I've been doing it since eighty seven now I I kind of. I mean, know what the problem is during the set, you know, Mm -hmm. like if the set isn't going well, I can kind of analyze very quickly and try to make changes. I I guess I do when I um, if I take some time off. So if I'm off stage for more than three nights, I really feel it. And, you know, like I took a vacation with my kid last year and I was off stage for two weeks Mm -hmm. and then I came back on and I was like, it was like I'd, I felt like I'd never done comedy before. Isn't it amazing? You know,
0: it, it goes so so quickly. It really does. Sometimes it's like I'll have those moments where I take time. I'll listen to my album.
1: I yeah. Just, just to get, oh, like, yes, just to go. What's that joke like, and get okay, the rhythm of get it? it. Going yes, <laughs> yeah. I do, Jackie does that. I do that too. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Remember that. Okay, you know how to do this. Yeah, because there's yeah. tags you forget and yeah, stuff like that. Absolutely. Especially if
1: it's older material that you wish would die. You're just like, <laughs> oh, all right, I, I got to do these jokes. Let me yeah, just. That's going to crush. Yeah. In Oklahoma. Right, right, right.
0: But, uh, yeah, I think it's, I don't know. I feel like. I'm most comfortable on stage. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. I wish I could live my life with just walking around with a microphone. <laughs> and just saying, hey, Mr. Microphone, remember that when that came out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, what you doing, babe? Pick you up later. <laughs> but it was like uh there's something that happens to me. I'm sure to you as well. And I see it transform when comics are on stage. But it's like, yeah, I'm my most confident. I'm my most rock and roll. I'm, I have my, you know, just like I'm able to be so quick on stage for some reason. Like even with this it doesn't touch when there's an audience. I know. It's like, I, I, I can't be as quick it as drives I can me on stage. Nuts. It's it really.
1: I, well, you work. know, yeah, if I, I am who the person I wish I was off stage. That's the person I am on stage. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and i'm not you know i'm not that quick off stage in yeah. a lot of situations because i yeah. just don't have you're you're on stage you're given authority right you yeah. you have the you and you're given permission to say anything you want to anybody yeah. to quelch them to silence them yeah. and you don't have that authority off stage so i yeah. i'm a little off balance off stage you know because i yeah. it's it's like i'm i get to be the queen of the world on stage and then off stage I'm just another person <laughs>
0: yeah and sometimes you have a bouncer so you can be a little edgier. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so. you've
1: got you, you have your own you have forces you have an you army have supporting lights,
0: you Yeah. lights and yes you
1: like, have yeah. armed services that will take someone it's like being stick. Trump with with ice almost it's like hey get this guy out of here I want him out oh. and they will remove him for you you know
0: yeah I feel like if Trump had just taken a stand up class he probably wouldn't have ran for president like oh, I feel like oh my god like, <laughs> I feel like he's addicted to that part of it. Yes. You know, just that, you know, being on that stupid reality show and all that stuff like that, he just gets addicted to that energy, you know, and I think that's kind of why he's, you know, I don't know, it feels like that. I see that in him. Yeah. It's like the tweets are kind of like, just, a, you know, like a comic that wants to, like, you know, mess with people. Like, I feel like sometimes it's like, he just says these outrageous things just to get reactions back.
1: Right. You know, totally. Whereas,
0: like, a shock comic kind of thing. Yeah. When
1: he doesn't just... know he's president. He really doesn't. <laughs>
0: No, but I feel it's. uh, I'm curious to see. You know, it's it's been interesting watching stand up and with you know Trump being president and just watching how. I don't know. It's feel it's uh, sometimes it's a little easier and I but sometimes it's a whole lot harder where I felt like I I thought when he came out, it was going to be like you could say anything on stage mm-hmm. and I thought it was going to be that route where it's just like, dude, the president that sometimes I would say things about it. It was like that was oh, if I was president, I could say that. But mm-hmm. as a comic, I can't right. go down that road. You know, do you feel um, have you noticed like censorship like between when you started comedy in 87 and like, how? I mean, because you were talking about it, you know, I feel like it's changed, but I don't know if it's regressing back or...
1: Um, no, I haven't noticed that. I mean, you know, I, I'm always trying to get a joke to work. So so if there's a way I'm saying it that, you know, I, I feel like I'm following the audience. You know, yeah. the audience doesn't follow me. I follow them. So if, they, if they're less um, sexist and they're less homophobic, um, then... Your homophobic or sexist jokes aren't going to work anymore, and you're going to notice that, you know, as a comic, or or or, or whatever, whatever. However, culture to me is moving in a in a great way. Politics is moving the opposite way, weirdly. Yeah, but culture is moving to a, a like a more inclusive thing, which I think is awesome, and so you know for for me I, I love writing to that audience you know
0: well, um
1: yeah. and I- I, and I think if you're a comic who doesn't pay attention to how the audience is changing you're you're really screwing yourself over. You're going to limit the places, you know. J- as a person, you're you're screwing yeah. yourself <laughs> over too. But I mean, just as a just as a performer who needs to be able to work lots of places. Well, you know?
0: I know you love the hell out of your son, but d- when you get a few drinks in the crowd, does that ever turn where people think that you're like, you know, like you know, taking your joke seriously about like your kids? Does that ever gone like south? I think it's hilarious, and I know you love your kid. I'm just wondering yeah. if there's any drunk crazy oh shouldn't they talk that way about your kid has that ever happened really no they really it's never like i haven't had that happen no
1: i mean i i I mean i'm i talk as a mother and i and that's why the jokes work a lot of mothers are like yes sure you know
0: yeah i guess most moms probably feel the way you do
1: yeah (laughs) i even think people are coming or understanding that you know like um, I wrote this book called Shitty Mom in 2012, and now there's like movies called Bad Moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I think You're that pe- that's um, a, a thing people acknowledge. Like, it's
0: it's okay to feel that way. It's
1: yeah. okay to resent everything that all the <laughs> all the the things that come, the responsibilities that come with being a mother.
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely a judgment. Um, To how people, you know, feel about things like that. But, like, I don't want to have children. And Mm -hmm. Leah doesn't want to have children. And I feel like there's a judgment there where people feel like, you know, what's wrong with you that you don't want to bring a kid into the world? And it's just like – like it's the same – You know, it's not about, you know, how you're raising your kid. It's about not wanting to have children. And it's just like sometimes people never understand that, especially she gets it the most.
1: Of course. I think that's common. I think acceptance of that is coming because so many people are making that choice and defending it really well. And I think it's on the way. I think, you know. You won't be in that position in about 10 years. Yeah,
0: we'll just all be extinct eventually.
1: <laughs> we'll all be dead.
0: There'll be no people left. We'll all be gay. and We'll have no you're, kids. You're
1: basically yeah. providing one less person for Trump to murder. That's what you guys are doing. Exactly. You're saving the country money because it costs, it costs money to murder somebody. You know, you have to hire uh, ice and uh... Well,
0: Hillary's the murderer.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right, I forgot. And a pedophile in a right. pizza parlor. I forgot. I, I, forgot. Don't the, I don't
0: know what. I don't have what the pizza thing.
1: I don't know. So ridiculous. <laughs> Very cool.
0: Um, I always like to ask comics um, if you give advice to like young comedians or a younger version of yourself starting out in comedy. Things you might do a little different or. Any sort of you
1: know you know I don't know if they do anything differently, but I would say um I spent a lot of time worrying that I wouldn't have a career if I didn't get famous by mm. the time I was thirty, and then I would go all right thirty five and then forty and then it just you know i'm fifty two now and it's like i'm I'm still in show business and I still have a career and you can have a you can have a career without being incredibly famous and you can do pretty well and you can make your living is a comedy person i mean i guess i make my living writing for conan yeah. you know uh if i had to go on the road and make a living it would be it would be tough because i have a kid and so i'd have to be you know working working around working around, working around all and make a living in comedy without being incredible without being amy schumer or chris rock yeah. and you know who it would be great if you were yeah. but if you're not you know and you can have a long career so you don't have to do it all in the first decade and so if you can have that in your head then you can just relax a little bit and still do the same work without that sense of panic that i have to be successful by this age you really don't
0: do you still get uh, excited you know doing the conan writing is that like an adrenaline that still happens like the process yeah
1: i'm still always uh, um, i always i love writing a joke that he likes i love writing a joke that gets a lot of praise in the room you know and i love it when it works when he tells on on tv and it works
0: oh that's amazing yeah so cool uh, you want to plug anything, your podcast and all that stuff? Uh, i got a podcast
1: time. with Jackie Cation called The Jackie and Lori Show. And um, she and I are both comics. I've been doing a comedy since 87, 88, and we talk about our lives. And uh, we don't have any guests. It's so much easier to arrange. <laughs> and um, uh, I wrote a book called Dead People Suck, which is comedy about cancer and hospice and losing your parent.
0: Beautiful book. Um, great. Uh, I'd like to say a special thanks to my producer, Anthony Kapfer, you follow him on social media, at Anthony Kaffer. He spells the name Anthony, and then K-A-P-F-E-R. He also has a book of funny drawings, short stories, and jokes called Book the Book. You can order it on his website, anthonykaffer.com or Amazon. Um, I will be in uh, Skankfest uh, July 14th and 15th. And you can check me out there. And also, if you're interested in learning the craft of comedy, you can go to my Facebook page, Comedy Coaching with Dustin Chaffin. Skype is available. My album, Stop Telling People, still on iTunes. And follow me on Twitter and like our uh, Facebook page. I'll leave you with this. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you, Anthony. It's been a fun show. Thanks. We'll see you. Bye. Yay. <laughs>